right. It's the Fake Spike Podcast 48. Well, let me give Zebrahead props first. Thanks, guys. Panic in the Street, Zebrahead. Go check them out. And Vort, it only took us 48 episodes, 47, including this one, 48, to have an actual happy recap. The two wins last year don't count. We weren't in win mode. We were in tank mode. This is the first time that we can get on and actually be happy and talk about good things, man. This is, this is, that was awesome yesterday. Oh, happy days are here again. (laughs) I cannot stop smiling. No, you don't understand that. When me and my wife were leaving the stadium, well, she left before me, but when I left the stadium, there was a butterflies. There was a procession of butterflies that surrounded me. They sang to me as I walked to the parking lot. <laughs> it was the most incredible day in recent memory. It was unbelievable. I agree. I, you know, it, sometime in the, I think it was the third quarter when the Jets fought back from nine nothing down. I was, I was actually like getting those those feelings I hadn't had in years of like, come on, let's do this. We have a shot. It, it was. There were things I felt all day yesterday afternoon. I I cannot remember the last time I felt. I guess it was 2015. Maybe when, you know, maybe when they beat the Patriots the week before they blew it to Buffalo. I mean, when was the last time? And even if it was four years ago, it's been years. It's been a long, long time since we felt like we felt yesterday. That was, I mean, there's so much to talk about, so many good things. But that, that was just, that was you know, they, they shut me up. I just said to you on the last podcast that we haven't had a game that we wish we were at or a classic game that we can talk about for, for how long? I don't even remember. And that game was exactly what we've been missing for years with this team. It was just everything about the game feels good. Obviously, the outcome uh, the outcome meant everything for the coach, for the, for the rookie quarterback. We can stop crying that, oh, my Lord, we're not going to win a game. Where on the schedule can we win a game? They found themselves in a winnable game. They won. So much exciting things to recap. But I know this is going to be a happy, loving podcast. We're both on cloud nine. Let me start off with two things that drove me absolutely nuts about the team. And I thought we're going to set the tone for the game. Yeah, no, go go right ahead. Because, yeah, I don't mean to interrupt you. But I I was not going to make this only, you know, puppy dogs and rainbows. There are there are some negative things we have to touch on. But that doesn't take away from the fact that we wanted progress. We talked you and me have talked for a year about just seeing progress. And yesterday, we saw so much progress that that we're freaking practically, you know, practically like spewing in our pants at this point. But yes, go ahead. Let's talk some negative stuff because there are plenty of things. And because I wanted to spend a lot more time and kind of focus on the positives, I wanted to just put the neg- get negatives out there. I didn't want to look through the whole game with just the rosy, rosy glasses. So the, the first thing that absolutely drove me insane, have you ever, re- do you recall a game in recent memory where a team completed that many third and ridiculously uh. long I believe third and twenty one and early third and twenty one, third and sixteen, third and eleven. But that one on the first drive where everybody just got into their seats. I was at the game. Uh, I was lucky enough to be at this game and witness it. Um, It's the first third down. We know we we basically stopped them. We forced a punt. Everybody's standing down cheering, and then the screen pass happens. And as soon as he takes off, it's like, oh no. Oh no! I don't see any jerseys around. There's oh no! no. There's nobody green. Yeah, well, that's funny. That's my first, first note. 
<laughs> That's my and, first note. I said, defense comes out looking great, then they give up a third and 21 on a fucking screen pass. I'm cursing already. Immediately disgusted. So I'll let <laughs> you finish just, your thought, and then I'll tell my story. But okay. And I just sat down, and pe- we were sitting in the visitor section, so a lot of people there were cheering. And I just sat down. People around me are celebrating, high-fiving. And I'm sitting with my head in my hands, and we're about two minutes into the game. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's going to be one of those days. Got it. Right. <laughs> so, well, so, so that that definitely killed me. That the defense gave up a couple of mind-numbing third and longs. I agree, and that that drove me crazy early in the game. And just to let everybody know, you were at the game, I was at the game, but I don't, I don't, I didn't go in. I, I was at the tailgate, and and the reason I'm even mentioning this is it plays into some stuff later, which I, I'll I'll tell you about when we get to it. But that third and twenty-one, I'm like already it's starting with this, and then right after that, to, to keep on the negative because the first half was negative. The Jets get the ball, they get a couple of nice plays, the first down, then they throw this freaking pass behind the line of scrimmage that loses four yards. It's like, what the hell is that? And on the next play, Corey Davis drops the ball. It, that was my it other wasn't thing a great then. throw. Yeah, it, was, it, it wasn't a great throw. It hit. It did hit him. It was a little behind them. But eventually, and it's funny I said this. It was like I was predicting it. I said eventually this guy has to help his quarterback out. You know, when is that going to happen? And then, you know, <laughs> and then it did. I don't want to so. defend that drop one bit. I'll say it very simply. You can defend it if you want to. Oh, it wasn't an absolutely perfect throw. You're damn right. It wasn't. But I'll say it very simply. He was paid to be a borderline number one or a number two wide receiver in the NFL. He was a first-round pick. You make that catch. Simple as that. You you make that catch. There was there was no excuses around it. You simply make that catch and you move on. He certainly redeemed himself as the game wore on, and that was one of the things that made me smile because my big rant before the game was I said Corey Davis just show up, show out, ball <laughs> ball against your old team, and he. When he made that drop, I'm like, oh, motherfucker, you forgot who you're playing for. Uh, and I then know. he certainly yeah. <laughs> shut me up and redeemed himself. Well, the funny thing is, is I run a Darksiders um, Facebook group, too. It's it's a really great group. There's only 100 and whatever people. It's not. It, there's none of these people who scream and yell and do all this stuff. It's, it's a group of guys who give their opinions and they'll, they'll disagree, but it's all respectful. And and when I posted, I am this, I am, I said, I am very close to starting the um, get Corey Davis out of here bandwagon or something to that effect. I forget exactly what he said. And then, you know, later on in the game, I had to eat crow. And I listen, I am never upset about about being wrong in, in situations like that. But that that I agree with you six billion percent. It wasn't it wasn't a great throw. It was a little bit behind him. But eventually you have to do something to help your quarterback out who's struggling, has no confidence, get him some kind of play where he can he can get to the line of scrimmage and and not walk off the field because because we've got we have to punt. You know what I mean? It's just Whatever. And the sad thing is on next drive, Tannehill hit his tight end with a pass behind him and the guy ripped it in with one hand and then got crushed. And he he got hit so hard I felt it. And he didn't even <laughs> lose the ball. So and and what I wrote at that point was that one play versus Davis drop. Davis's drop is the microcosm of the difference between the Jets and a real NFL team. <laughs> and it's so funny that I'm bitching about that stuff. And then the Jets really turned into an NFL team later. But yeah, that was... Um, I almost felt like after that drop, Corey Davis, whether he said it in the, in the huddle or whether he said it to himself, he said, just uh, give me a chance. I got you. I'll fix this. Because that was... I hope that was an aha moment because, dude, you were brought here for a reason. You have to help your young quarterback. And I'm glad you 
shut all of us up, but uh, that was a much needed breakout performance. Yep. And um, I'm just want to see if there's anything else negative from early in the game. And there's, there's a and the funny thing is, as great as the Jets played in the second half, there's a ton of negatives from late in the game, which we'll you know obviously we'll get to those. But at, at one point, I said I'm giving the defense credit. They they have come up with big sacks on just about every third down play, except for that terrible third and 21. They forced three field goals. Now, to me, that is a huge key to this. That the, that the defense, as they've done for years now, kept the offense in the game, and for once, the offense helped them out. That the Jets easily could have been down twenty-one or seventeen, nothing, and instead we're only down nine. And that I think somewhere along the line, I think that that really helped spark the offense because, you know, the the, the the Tennessee was you know the Jets put a lot of pressure, but Tennessee still managed to rip off some big plays here and there, and and they did get to the red zone three times, and, and the Jets had to you know and and they had to, and the Jets held them the field goals. That to me was a huge key in giving the Jets a little bit of confidence to get back in this game. It made all the difference. I remember sitting there mumbling to myself, all pissed off as I was watching another shutout, another shitty performance by the Jets. And the one thing, just like a disgruntled fan, I I remember mumbling to myself and to to the wifey sitting next to me. Well, at least we're giving up field goals, so it's only nine nothing. It's like two score game. <laughs> and then uh, lo and behold, you know, and you, the sad you, thing you, is, your wife does not doesn't know football. She doesn't even understand what the, the real significance of all of that. You know, she just like like a person who doesn't know the game is like, oh, they they gave up another score. This sucks. We're like, thank God they held them to only three. Yeah, I'm like, we just gave up a third and twenty one just a second ago, and we actually ended up taking something positive out of it. We held them to a field goal. And then when I looked at the scoreboard, I'm like, it's nine nothing. As bad as we look, it's nine nothing. A field goal puts us one score away from winning the game. That's when I started to have a feeling of like, well, maybe. I mean, eventually they are going to score. We're not going to get shut out. Can the defense bend, bend, bend and don't break and just keep us in this long enough for the offense to make it interesting? And then, yeah, but you have to assume at the can the offense make it interesting. I mean, obviously we know now that they did, but at what point in that game did you actually say? Did you really say that to yourself? Let's keep the deep, let's keep them in the game until the offense comes around. Did you really have that expectation, or were you just hoping? no? It wasn't. It was basically can the offense just by the process of gambling is like if you keep betting on red on red on red. I said, listen, they've been shut out in Denver. They have to score eventually. I'm not betting on it. But it's, my fear was by the time they scored that field goal or touchdown, Tennessee was going to be up 17 or 19 or 20 nothing versus 9 nothing. Uh, so it was just something that I was, it wasn't a prediction. It was more of a mumbling to give myself some hope and, and reason to stay optimistic and not totally zonk out and stop paying attention to the game. So I was looking and I'm like, wow, well, look, they're just the offense is just one score away and uh, we, can, we have a reason to get excited. I didn't have any expectations of that actually happened. I'm glad it did, but that was just kind of the thought process. It's funny. I'm looking through my notes here, and it, it is funny how the progression of my notes tells the tale of a guy who was angry and dejected and suddenly <laughs> started having hope. And at one point, I'm like, this is like a playoff game. I haven't seen this in years. I mean, it, 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 it's it's awesome reading through these notes. This podcast has forced me to make notes so that I can see kind of what, what I was thinking as the game went on. And here I am at the tailgate, like with my phone out the whole time making notes. But I'm glad I did because this is it's pretty cool to read these notes. But all right, so now it's – I honestly don't remember when the Jets actually scored, but whatever the case is, they're down at halftime. They come out in the third. 
I, I complain about the tight end, like I just said. And then at one point, the Jets offense looked decent. And I said, this is the epitome of being a Jet fan. Offense starts to look good, and I'm just waiting for them to screw up. Obviously, things hadn't started to, to go well yet. But they ended up, um, I guess, at this point, the Jets scored a touchdown, and then and then they kicked the field goal to... Um, let me see. Took, oh no, this is this is this was the first one. This is where they scored. Great, great drive. That was fantastic from start to end. Methodical. They moved right down the field and they took it in. Now that that first drive when the Jets moved down the field, I don't remember which touchdown that was. Was that the one to Crowder or was that the long one? Was that the long one to Davis? No, that had to be later. No, it had to be. Yeah, that was Crowder who made a great catch in the end zone. But the yeah, I was just so excited by the drive. Uh, everything looked good. They they looked like yes. an NFL team. They did, and that's and that's what I wrote that here somewhere. Um, where is it? But, but I, I I don't want to I don't want to start bouncing around my notes. I'd rather go in some kind of order so that we you know we can we can kind of keep the feel of the game. But the Jets score there, and then the the, the offense the defense comes up big again. So now the Jets get the ball back, and um, what are they, where was it? Okay, the defense came has come up so big, especially on third downs. And it's not even just stopping them. It's like sacks. And at this point, I wrote four minutes left in the third quarter. As I write this, maybe the Jets can come big on offense. And that was the, that was, I guess that was the the prediction of the day. You know, maybe they can come up big on offense. From that point, they they went and scored three more times. And I was super impressed. And this this is why I'm saying progress. All I want to see is progress, progress, progress. It's not just that the Jets scored. Big deal. Zach Wilson looked a little more comfortable. Okay, that's big. But the Jets hung in there. They were down 9 nothing. They fought back. They went down again, and they fought back again. And then at the end of the game, the Jets, the Jets did their absolute best to give this game away. Uh, Tennessee, thankfully, didn't take advantage of it, and the Jets managed to squeak out a win. That's that. All of those things, and then you throw in all the different, all the different things that that the that Zach Wilson did and he he looked he didn't look fantastic. I don't want to get ahead of myself and say he's turned the corner or anything, but he he showed enough flashes yesterday that it gives me some hope. And at one point I remember uh, he almost got crushed, but he managed to get out of it, and he spun around, ran, and threw the ball. And there was such a difference in the level of his confidence. You could see the difference between last week when he would, you know, he would like throw the ball wherever and just spin out and and not know what he was doing. He knew exactly where he was going. He looked for a guy, and he and he hung in there. And the confidence level was noticeable right from from the second he he spun out of that that big whatever do you want to call it like like the the, the pocket completely collapsed on him it looked like he was about to be buried on the three guys he somehow escaped and the the way he looked was exactly what we always talk about with rogers and all these other guys who get out of the pocket and make a play it I, i was so impressed with the way that kid made that play and how he looked it's almost like like those that little bit of a you know half a quarter of of a couple of good drives gave him gave him a little bit of oomph in his step you know to me, uh, I, I agree with you again. I don't know if it was just one play, but a game as a whole, he looked comfortable. I don't want to say he he looked ready. He looked like a star. He looked a little bit more comfortable. I don't know if that had anything to do with the fact that he had he felt he had a little more time to throw. Um, it was nice to see him live when he uh, he's so fast and he he feels the pr- one thing that I noticed being live at the game. He feels the pressure. He, it doesn't look as silly uh, watching him run. It didn't look like a young quarterback just running out of the pocket for the sake of running. He genuinely does feel the pressure coming in the pocket, collapsing, and he starts running. Uh, he can certainly heave it long on the run. 
one of the yeah. huge, huge positives for me was uh, he had two completions over 50, 50 yards. When was the last time we could say that about a Jets offense? Two completions over 50 yards in one game. But the thing that continues to trouble me is the absolute zero of a run game. We, we must be the uh, the worst team in the NFL at this point. And I'm not just saying that like uh, to make a statement. I really do believe we logically have to be because the run game is just it's not bad. It's just non-existent. Well, they they made a few decent plays yesterday, but it's non-existent on an overall level. But there were a couple of couple of times where the run actually did fairly well. Like you know, Tevin Coleman made a couple of nice runs at big points. So so the run game kind of came through sort of when it needed to. But you're right. In general, there's not much of a run game, and you know all these comparisons of Zach Wilson to Aaron Rodgers. Yesterday, for the first time, I saw a glimpse of it. I'm, there's no possibility I'm comparing him to Aaron Rodgers. I'm just saying the style where he kind of took the team on his back a little and he he got out there and, 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 and managed to extend plays and throw the ball down the field. I saw a little bit of that Aaron Rodgers kind of look in him yesterday. And obviously, he's got years before he can get to any kind of level where you could even really compare him. But there is definitely a glimpse of that ability to extend plays, find an open guy. And when he gets more confidence and can start putting the ball on target, because he did miss a lot of guys even yesterday, then he's going to be something special if, if they can continue to develop that in him and not try and turn him into a pocket passer and he, you know, not and not have the the line collapse and not protect him so he loses his confidence. If they can, if they can kind of foster that confidence and, and grow him in that direction, I could see him being that type of quarterback. There were there were complete glimpses of it yesterday. And you're right, ne- never mind the 50-yard passes. I'm not even worried about the particular stat, but when was the last time? And don't tell me Darnold because Darnold would just, you know, we, we were so starved for a quarterback that anything was good. When was the last time that any quarterback on the Jets made us feel like Wilson did yesterday at times? I, I can't remember the last time. And I mean, I don't it's, remember. it's, it's been, it's been a long time. And, and, and even Fitzpatrick and when he, when he had good games as a Jet never made me feel that way because I knew he wasn't the answer. This one is a combination of a guy making plays of a guy escaping pressure of a guy being exciting. I mean, that, that is the thing for me yesterday as it was, exciting to watch this team when they when they got going in the third quarter it was it's been so long since the Jets were exciting even when they were pretty decent under Rex they were never super exciting they, they had some exciting moments but this this yesterday gave me some hope that they're headed in a direction where they can be an exciting team and it, it I haven't had that since I don't even know when I mean maybe Parcells days maybe even the 80s when they were all offense I mean who knows I'm probably overdoing it here <laughs> but it, it, this is this is how exciting it was yesterday watching this team for the first time in so long give us something to be happy about i i share your excitement i'm just as happy i'm not going to go as far as you in the in the accolades because it is one game and it is against the team that was missing its top two wide receivers so uh it was progress we got the w a lot of positives i'm not gonna start chalking it up to the this made our season it certainly laid the foundation. We got the first W out of the way. Let's get more. What I absolutely enjoyed about the game is it it, it aligns with what you said. Zach Wilson, to me, yesterday did not look like an NFL quarterback who can just survive and make a career in the, in the NFL. He looked like a guy who, in the right moment, in the right time, can win you a game, not just manage a game. Like one of the guys that I shit on often is <clears throat> Kirk Cousins. I believe he manages games. He he can't win you games when you have to put it on his shoulders. Zach Wilson showed that at least on, on a given night, now the 
the the issue is can he continue to evolve and do it consistently but he certainly showed that it's in him he has it he can be the guy that wins you games he can put the team on his shoulders he can make plays he, and uh, and get you w's and that's that's exciting that that's i, I just uh I, i'm almost lost for words because to be that excited about a young quarterback and i don't want to over I don't want to over-celebrate one W over a team that was badly, badly short, and it showed uh, with missing the star players. But hey, uh, I'll take the positives. And uh, it's like you and me have been talking about for a year. It's seen progress. That game showed us progress, and it gave us a lot of positives to hold on to. So I'll take that any day of the week. Now let's build on that. Let's not fall off a cliff and have another dud of a game. And be back to almost square one where you and me are saying, how the hell could this happen? So let's just, <laughs> let's build and let's, let's take this positive and let's uh, continue to show results and not in the form of wins and losses, but progress and getting better every week. I, I agree with most of what you said. I disagree with part of it. And I'll get to that in a second, but I, 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 totally I'm on the same page in that I am not getting excited. I am not saying the Jets have turned a corner. I am not expecting them to be good next week. There's going to be ups and downs, but I have been saying since last year that I don't care about the wins and losses, right? The win, the win yesterday was fantastic. That made me happy. It made my day. It made me, I'm still thinking about it. I'm still, as you said, you know, walking around with butterflies, skipping along, humming, humming under my breath, you know, but I, I also realized that it doesn't mean that that is you know, I've been kicked in the nuts too many times with this team, but it is also not realistic to think they just suddenly are going to turn into a good team. But what I disagree with is I don't give a fuck if they beat the fucking local high school team. That's who that's who was in front of them. And you and me knew, knew going in that they didn't have those receivers and still expected them to get smashed around. So to me, this is an impressive win no matter what. It doesn't matter who they're playing. Tennessee had had a, definitely had enough weapons and, and, and a decent enough defense to win this game regardless of whether they had their receivers or not. And the Jets came up big. I am not gonna. I am not gonna necessarily take credit away from the Jets' defense with seven sacks just because they didn't have their receivers. I will certainly give um, give you know take. Well, maybe let's say take away some blame or give credit to Tannehill for not having receivers and not having a great day in the air based on not having receivers. But the rest of that, I don't care, man. You put them in front. This is an NFL team, and the Jets have been the worst NFL team in the last couple of years. Beating anybody is an exciting win for me. So that, that, is, that is my take been, on that. I have never been so happy that my team made me eat crow. And I'll even say eat shit because I wanted them to win. I wasn't cheering for losses and another draft pick. I was all in for a win. I am so glad, and the, you're absolutely right. I expected them to still get blown out because when I was talking to a buddy of ours at the tailgate, I said, uh, "My, he had the same take as you. Listen, you guys at least have a chance because Tennessee is very short on the offensive weapons. And all I said is the problem is not the Tennessee short on offensive weapons. Who on a Jets is going to make a play on offense to get us points? You know Tennessee is going to score something, whether it's a couple of field goals, whether it's a touchdown because the Jets turn it over and give them a short field, that concerned me. But the issue was, who can I trust on a Jets that'll make a play and get us into the end zone to make this game competitive, to force the Titans to feel the absence of those wide receivers? Obviously, I missed badly on my prediction. I'll say it once again. I am so fucking happy that I did. I was not cheering for losses. I was simply stating what I felt going into the game. And I'm very, very, very glad that I was wrong. 
It is way too early in the season to be rooting for losses and draft picks and everything else. Plus, I don't care about the draft pick now. We have the quarterback. We have to make it work. Right now, I, I, I of course, I want the wins, but I, I am not going to be super upset if we lose as long as I see that they are gelling and they're and they're making plays and they're and they're not being stupid. And you know, there was some stupid plays yesterday, but they they were overshadowed by the good play and they got a win. And one of the things you and me always talk about is the Jets playing competitive games and being in it and getting the experience in close games. And there is no better experience than winning those close games, especially in the way they did yesterday. You know, they got they got lucky here and there. They made a couple of bad plays. They had to overcome their own mistakes and their own, you know, bad luck. I mean, there's a couple of things that were bad luck. A couple of bad calls by the referee, one 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 really bad call which we'll get to it's towards the end of the game, but the, the Jets yesterday could have gotten half a season's worth of experience in this one game. They came back. They 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 hung on tight. They they had to come back again. They hung on tight. They overcame things. They they went into overtime and 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 managed to come away with a win. I mean, there are so many positives to take away from this, and we'll certainly get to the negatives. We've gotten to some of them, but you know, I think yesterday could be a building block. I am not anywhere near ready to say the Jets have turned a corner and we're going to see some solid football the rest of the year. No, we're probably still going to see some stinkers, but I'd like to think that a young team, especially one as young as the Jets and with as little experience as the Jets everywhere, including coaching, took a lot away from yesterday's game. I I, I hope, you know, I, I would like to think that that somewhere in that locker room is a bunch of smart people who who will build upon this because you have to how could you not how can i mean the fans are excited everybody everybody that i've seen talking about this game said similar to what you and me have said they haven't felt like this in forever they got the fan base excited and as much as we talk about the jet fans being crazy and stupid and whatever else i mean the fact that everybody felt the same thing yesterday just tells you how special it was i am extremely excited and optimistic because like you said there is no substitution for winning eventually you have to feel it you have to appreciate it. You have to know that all this hard work that you're putting in, all the licks you're taking as you're losing games as rookies, as a young team, it pays off. They saw that the hard work pays off. Now, just like you said, it's keeping that hunger. And now it's saying, I want more of this feeling. What do I have to do to get better and feel this consistently? There is absolutely no substitution. You can talk about it. You can dream about it. You can describe how amazing it is. You have to experience winning to appreciate it. So for a young team, a young quarterback, rookie quarterback, rookie head coach in his first NFL stint, that was absolutely priceless. Uh, nothing about it. And and I even told you before, I don't care if the Jets win. Uh, um, I don't care if the Jets win on the safety and the game ends uh, 2-0 due to inclement weather. I don't care. I'll take a win. <laughs> so the fact that they fought and actually got it out a win that... <sighs> It, it, it was just, it, it was Christmas. It, it was a holiday season all around. I will say this, and I have to be honest. When the Titans got the ball, I said the Jets will make the stop and they will win this game. If this game goes to overtime, we are toast. I completely believed that our only chance was keeping the Titans out of the end zone. We, we didn't have to limit them to a field goal. They had to put up seven points. And at that point, I was starting to feel confident in the Jets' defense. They did the job. They kept us in the game. And the Titans started to make the drive. They started to make plays. And when they tied the game, I thought there was absolutely no chance that the Jets walk away with the W in overtime. And proven wrong once again. Excited once again. 
um, that's the one question that I wanted to ask you. What were your thoughts when the game went? Well, what were your thoughts when the Jets gave up the tie and touchdown? And what were your thoughts and feelings heading into overtime? Well, I, it's funny. It's funny because as you were answering me about about the win and how important it is, the, what I was thinking about was the other thing that was positive about this game is that you know, and, and again, this is not like this is the Rex Jets and they're good and and the the old Jets would have done this. No, no, these still are those Jets, but it, we got a little different result. And and the the reason I'm even blabbing about this is so many things happened at the end of that game that normally the Jets would it would signal the Jets losing. Like the Jets have that only the Jets could do this, or only the Jets could do that, and they're gonna end up losing this game when they kind of snatch victory from the jaws of, of defeat, you know, defeat from the jaws of victory, you know? So I agree. I, I wasn't so sure that they would lose the game in overtime. Um, I, I kind of, I, I kind of was ambivalent at that point because I kind of expected that, you know, Tennessee would tie the game. I was hoping against it, but I kind of expected they did. And then I was just hoping the Jets would get the ball first and, and take the ball into the end zone and be smart. But I want to back it up a little bit at the point where the Jets were up 24, 17 and they got the ball. I forget how much time there was left in the game. I want to say there was about eight minutes. I wrote, we got the big stop for three and out. And in years past, I would say this is where a good team drives down the field and puts the game away. I don't have those expectations, but it feels good to have some hope in the fourth quarter of a game where I'm not hoping they lose. And that right there was kind of the thing in my head where, you know, with eight minutes left and you have the lead, you know, you're actually starting to think about the clock and think about what you have to do to win. And, you know, if the Jets can get down there and kick a field goal or score again, this is where a good team will will shove it down their throats and put the game away. You know, even though I didn't expect it to happen and it didn't happen, I th- it felt good to be in that position. You know, it just it just For felt the great to be there. the first time in ages, we controlled our old destiny, basically. And that's not a feeling yes. we are accustomed to. <laughs> and and then we and then we didn't score and then they obviously we just talked about how Tennessee took the ball and came back but the Jets actually got the ball back again with uh, three minutes left and, and what I wrote was um, three fourteen they had um, three fourteen left you don't let this team see the ball again not even one time unless you score so apparently the Jets must have held Tennessee that time and they gave them the ball back with you know I guess a minute and something left and and no timeouts but. Here, here's here's what I was saying about me being at the game and, and the tailgate. Here, here's a funny thing um, that I completely forgot about. And for those you know who don't know me, obviously that's most people who listen. Uh, I used to go to every single Jet game without fail. I I, I gave up my season tickets in t- for the 2017 season, but before that, for 11 years, I didn't miss a single game. Weddings, funerals, kids' soccer games, I didn't care. I was always there. And and. I completely forgot one thing that was that's an important thing is that the Jets, when the Jets score a touchdown, they, they they set off fireworks, right? And the reason I'm telling you this is that I'm out at the tailgate, right? And the people who hang out at the tailgate don't go in know that when they hear the fireworks, the Jets scored a touchdown, but the TV is anywhere from five to seven seconds behind. So when so when the Jets scored that first touchdown, right, I had forgotten about the fireworks. I hear a boom. I don't think anything about it. And, and the people at the tailgate start cheering. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, what? what? And then I'm like, oh, it hit me. I'm like, the Jets are going to score a touchdown. And boom, they score the touchdown. And fast forward to the bomb to, to, Corey, to Corey Taylor. Not Corey. Corey Davis. Davis. <laughs> Corey Taylor is a singer on a rock band. But um, 
So the Jets are in midfield and I'm just hanging out and suddenly the bomb goes off and everybody looks around like, get the hell out of here. The Jets are at midfield. And then we knew what was coming. We absolutely knew what was coming because he heard the bomb go off, you know? So then, you know, then we see Wilson throw the ball down the field. It kind of takes away from the excitement to know what's going to happen, but it, it's not any less exciting because it's only a few seconds. It's not like you're watching it four hours later on tape, you know? That and, is hysterical to listen to because I didn't know that. And now yeah. kind of hearing you break it down, it's hysterical how it builds up the anticipation and at the same time ruins it a little bit. It com- well, you want to talk about completely ruining it. We, we're talking about overtime now. Now in overtime, we did not hear the bomb, so we knew he didn't score. And I was like, how did they screw this up? You know. So, <laughs> so oh, but you, so, oh, so you probably heard the crowd go nuts while you were while Tennessee on TV was still lining up to kick the field goal. No, you can't hear the crowd from there. You can't hear the crowd. I, we've tried. You know what? I, I will tell you, after the game, we'll fast forward. And after the game, your wife came down um, right right as overtime was ending, right? She, like, probably midway through overtime. Maybe it was the end of the fourth. I forget when it was. But she came down, and she was hanging out for a bit. And I gave her her purse back, all of that stuff. And as soon as the game ended, Jamie and me ran to the car because I didn't want to be in traffic. I okay. did hear the crowd doing the JETS chants after they won the game. So from even okay. from there... When I, when I got away from the bus and I got away from where all the, the TVs were loud, I heard the whole stadium chanting Jets, and it kind of gave me chills because, that, I mean, when was the last time the Jets fans had something so exciting to, to, to celebrate like that, you know? But, no, it is strictly about the fireworks because you cannot hear the crowd from where we are. So, you you know, the Jets are on the three, and you hear boom, and you're like, all right, here we go, we're in. And then, then you know, by the time the Jets had scored three touchdowns and I'm waiting for the fourth one, I don't hear a bomb. I'm now waiting to see if we hear the bomb, you know? It was pretty funny. So that, that's how I knew the Jets did not get in the end zone in overtime. That's hysterical. By the way, a side note for those listeners who do not know me, my wife couldn't give two shits about football, but she will go to the Jets games to tailgate and just to show me a little bit of support. Uh, she chose to leave when Tennessee got the ball for their last drive. She turned around. She said, I'm going to the tailgate. I'll finish watching the game with Rob. The Jets are going to do something stupid and lose the game, and I just can't watch you (laughs) go through it right now because she knows two (laughs) things. She doesn't really care about football, and the Jets will always lose and make me miserable. And that's how she made her exit. And so when they won, and I just had to gloat when I saw her, what a great feeling it was. Oh man, yeah, and that's and it's funny because she was she was talking to these two girls. Basically, there were about eight people at the tailgate hanging out, and then as the game got closer to ending, a few more came out. So maybe ten, twelve people. I was sitting in one of the chairs in front of the TV. Me and the people who were like seriously interested in the game, and then she was talking to these two girls behind. And when the Jets won, like all of us out there were freaking going crazy because I mean, it it's almost as exciting to win on a missed field goal as it is to win on a touchdown. You know, like you got all this anticipation you know the guy misses the field goal and i'm like he missed it he missed it everybody's jumping around hugging and she's just looking at us like we were crazy you know it was pretty funny <laughs> she's like can we get back to drinking uh, yes yeah. well actually she didn't drink she was drinking water at that point to give her credit <laughs> she did she was drinking water um one thing off topic i was watching the giants and saints right and one thing you and me have talked about all the time, we have, we have, especially me, but both of us have agreed on this. We have not stopped beating to death the difference between a decent quarterback and and a top quarterback who keeps you in the game. Now, Jameis Winston is a pretty good quarterback. He's not fantastic, but he, he certainly doesn't suck. And 
that's pretty much what the Saints are now. They are a very talented team, but they're not fantastic. They certainly don't suck, but they don't have that superstar quarterback anymore. Drew Brees is gone. They look like an average to good team, and you know, and and it showed throughout the whole game. There was nothing special about what they were doing. They couldn't hold the lead. They gave it up and lost to the Giants in overtime. And that that to me, the Saints more so than some other teams, because a lot of teams when their quarterback leaves, the team falls apart. But the Saints still have talent. And they illustrate the importance of having that top quarterback and the difference between a quarterback who might get you to the playoffs and a quarterback who is going to be the Rodgers, going to be, the, again, I don't want to say Brady. I mean, he's in another league. Be the Rodgers, be the Mahomes, be the, you know, the Breeze. Like, I'm talking about Breeze. That, that, that to me was, was a thing. That was kind of off topic, but it was a, a note I made while I was watching that game. Okay, let's talk about the... They're no business losing with their talent, and that's what it showed you, that the NFL is a quarterback-driven league, and there's a big difference between the A-level guys and the drop-off to the B, and certainly the C-level, is very, very noticeable. But yes, let's jump back into the Jets, and uh, do you want to review a little bit of our stat predictions? No, no, I want to talk about, well, we could do that if you want. I mean, we, you know we're going to be wrong because Wilson had a big game and neither one of us expected it. But I want to talk about the, the same old Jets appearing in the, um, in, the, in the fourth quarter when the Titans had the ball at the end there. Right? The Jets, they're giving up these big plays. And then just, well, I don't know if it's bad luck or it's just because it's the Jets, it's karma, whatever it might be. But the Jets, Jets had two timeouts left. Tennessee had none, and the Jets kept getting hurt and stopping the clock for them. Yes. You know, Tennessee's yes. driving down the field, and I'm like, you have to be kidding me. These freaking guys, I, I, I can't blame them for getting hurt, but it's only the Jets can stop the clock twice, not just once, but twice. Twice they stopped the clock for a team that is out of timeouts, running the clock, running, 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 and the Jets gave them free timeouts. It's just you, you can't make this stuff up with the Jets. And then, of People course, were going here's crazy the bad yelling at them. Get off the field. Stop giving them uh, Get off the field. Crawl if you have to, right? Yeah. <laughs> Now here here's the play that I you know you can argue it's arguable but I think that pass interference call at the end of the game was complete bullshit. I I hated that call. Guys, you know, he might have gotten there slightly early, but he was going for the ball and you see guys bang bang into each other all day long and they don't call it. They're going to call this on on I forget if it was third or fourth down, but it was it was pretty much it. They would have sealed the game and they're going to call that on on a play like that where the guy is going for the ball and he might have got there a little early. I hated that call. I don't know if you you obviously remember to play, but being at the game, you didn't have benefit of TV and replays. I mean, do you, do you, did you hate that call at the time, or do you think it was pass interference? Uh, I, I even think it was a fourth down play that if we stop him, we win the game. I think it was fourth down, yeah. That was it. The game then, was over, and they fucking gave him the first down. And then the flag comes flying in. Everybody knew what it was for. We all booed. I thought it was a ridiculous flag. They actually did show it on the replay, uh, trying to kind of sway the crowd, obviously, that, the, that we were right. But it did... In, in the pass-driven league, it's a call you unfortunately make. So as much as I hated the call, it's also the that's how the NFL is. I, I accept it. I, I accept it. Even if it was questionable, they throw the flag, and that's what happened. It was it was very close, but when they slow it down and you look you're looking at the replay, and you take the naked eye out of it, you, yeah, they definitely make it noticeable that he got there a second or half a second early. So as yeah, much I as I hated that. it, but uh, the, the, the replay slowed it down enough to show that, uh, yes, it's a justifiable flag. 
See, I, I don't dispute that he got there early. What, what I am disputing is that I see plays like that all day long in every game in the NFL, and they don't call it. They let them play on that type of play most of the time because he didn't necessarily interfere with the guy's ability to catch the ball. He was going for it. He got there. It was almost a bang-bang play. And yes, maybe if you slow it down, just like I hate when they freaking, when the guy, you know, when the guy's freaking toenail touches the ground and, and he, the ball is two inches from the goal line, it doesn't count. You know, in the old days, the yep. momentum carried you over. It's a touchdown. I hate when they slow replays down and take away the good job that, that, that referees and umpires generally do by slowing it down and magnifying their mistakes. So yes, technically the guy did get there early. I don't like the call because it, it's just something that happens all day long in the NFL, and it's not like he knocked the guy out of the way and and pulled his arm down or he wasn't looking. I just I just hated the call. I hated the situation and whatever. You're probably right, but I, I still hate the call. Fuck the them. thing is, it's it's also hard for me to argue because if you asked me, if you if you ask me to get into a debate of what's a pass interference and what's not, I lose. I give up. I, I simply don't know when the ref is going to make a flag. I just know that if it's questionable, if there's even a debate, then they'll justify it that the flag could have, should have, and was justifiably thrown. So it's it's a very, it's a topic. That's the one topic that I will not get involved with because I just simply have lost track of what, there's no consistency. It's all, it's so right. subjective and that's why I kind of stay right. away from the. Consistency, that's it. That is it. There's no consistency. If they called that play every time, then I'd be just mad at the Jets for being stupid, but they don't. I mean, there's plays where, you know, guys don't turn around and they knock the ball away and they completely inhibit a guy's chance to catch a ball and they don't call it. Then there's other times like like this one where it's where it's questionable and they do call it. I just don't get I don't like, you know, it's almost like those those plays on uh, what was a catch and what's not a catch a few years ago, you know, if you happen to roll over three times in the ball yeah you don't like like a football fan in, in the in, in an hour in our at our level knows every play that happens and and you know from consistent things happening over and over what a play is and what a play is not we can tell what happened most of the time before they call it or if a referee you know if they go on a replay we will watch the replay and say oh yeah yeah that's exactly what's happening here when i can't tell because they're not consistent with the calls it makes me crazy and and that that pass interference call and again it, i was it was hyped up yesterday i'm gonna have to go look at it again to see if i if, if maybe it really was and i'm just overreacting i just feel like it was a bang bang play and most of the time they let that stuff go and they didn't let it go there and it's just, it just annoys me i don't know that's just me but yeah, but, but the fact that it happened on fourth down, it was definitely on a, well, that's the life of a Jet fan moment. But somehow, somehow, some way, we got it done. Okay. Overtime, right? Jets get the ball, they drive down, and here's here's where the, the bomb doesn't go off. You know, now I am going to assume, I'm going to assume that I have to blame Zach Wilson for this one because there's no possibility that any offensive coordinator who has been in the league who has never mind the league who has played or watched or coached football for longer than 17 seconds would ever call a quarterback draw run like run end around like they did from third and one 
on the on the one yard line. No fucking offensive coordinator calls that play ever. It had to be an option where Wilson either had a clear path, a wide open receiver, or throw the ball away, and he just didn't do it. I, because the alternative is that we have the dumbest offensive coordinator ever to walk the earth, and that scares the shit out of me that he could potentially be that dumb. Because now you now I don't know if you if you agree. I don't know if you thought about it, but at the time when the Jets got down to the one, I said this is four down territory. You do not freaking kick a field goal from the one yard line and give them a chance to stay in the game. You fucking try and win that game. And the worst case scenario is Tennessee is backed up on their one. The way that defense has been playing all day, maybe you get a safety, maybe you get a penalty in the end zone. Maybe you, you, um, you know, you, you get them to punt from the end zone and then you have field position, but you do not, 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 not freaking kick the field goal there. And nor do you do something stupid, like you lose three yards. So, that play goes off, and I'm, we're excited. They're on the one, and 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 I don't hear a freaking firework go off. I'm like, wow, I didn't get in the end zone, right? I'm like, shit, I'm waiting for that firework. I wanted to jump up. And, of course, I'm watching this play unfold, and I'm like, what the, what the hell are they doing? Why don't they just run it into the line? Stuff it, quarterback sneak. One of those slow-developing running plays, I hate anything because it, it, it's you have two plays to get it in. And then when he did not throw the ball away and just took a sack, I mean, I just, I, I could not believe my eyes. Now, obviously, I, I asked for your opinion and then talked for 10 minutes, but what, what were you thinking when they got down to the one-yard line there? So the first thing is I am so glad you remembered this play. This is the play that I wanted to discuss with you more than pretty much anything uh, for the game. <laughs> so thank you for uh, – I, I can't believe How I skipped I over it. Play? <laughs> uh, so here's the thing. As soon as uh, we got the ball at the one-yard line, I'm saying to myself, this is a four-down territory. You go for the touchdown, you go for the win. That's number one. That was obvious to anybody. That play has to go down as the dumbest play <laughs> You can possibly call for that situation. Now, unlike you, we do not see eye to eye on this at all. I, I fully envision this being a call coming in from the offensive coordinator who says, we're not going to let this kid ma make a bad decision and throw it somewhere, even a jump ball, God forbid, tip drill, bad bounce, even the 50-50 ball can get picked off. The other option is it's a bad snap. It's a bad handoff. We fumble the ball. Give it to him. He's an athletic kid. Go hard around the corner. See if you can get in. What I what I hate about that play, I'm fine with everything about it. I'm fine with you being safe. But you either do a quarterback sneak or drop back two steps and then run down the middle. You do not do the freaking quarterback end around bullshit. That <laughs> drove me nuts. And it, it was just another moment of, well, this is the fucking Jets being the fucking Jets. And uh, I just, I, my feeling of even if they don't make it, Tennessee's pinned deep, the way that play went down, all those feelings went to shit. And I'm like, oh, great. Let me have a seat, sip my beer, and watch Tennessee go 96 yards for the winning touchdown now. <laughs> that, that, yeah. That's how th that whole sequence made me feel. Yeah, the, the once they once they lost the yards, you got to take the field goal there. I mean, I for a split second I was like, you know, go for it anyway. You backed them up on the four if you don't make it, but you got to take the points there from the four. But you know, I didn't even think of a quarterback draw up the middle. I figured I'm thinking it was it was a rollout and Wilson, if somebody's open. 
he throws it, or if he's got the lane, he takes it. But you got to throw the ball away. I mean, somebody somewhere had to tell the kid, just get the ball, heave it out of the end zone with that arm, or throw it, do, do something. You're out of the pocket, just throw it sideways, throw it out of bounds, do something, but do not take a loss under any circumstances. Somebody, Fort, somebody had to say that to him in the huddle. I mean, in, in the in the some of the coaches, somebody had to say that, right? Please tell me somebody said that and Wilson just didn't do it. He, he, he wanted to be a tough guy, but somebody had to tell him that, right? See, this Please. Is, this, this is where I disagree with you 150%. I think the instructions from in his headset, the instructions were very simple. Kids, secure the handoff and hold on to that ball and sprint around that corner. Nothing else. The ball doesn't leave your hands. No jump passes. No, no pitches. That ball is glued to you. Protect that motherfucking ball, and just spread around the corner. Try to get in. The corner is gonna be there for you. If not, ball security, ball security, ball security. That's what I believe went into his headset. I, I, I. If that is the case, then I am frightened. I am frightened because <laughs> no, I'm frightened because that there. The funny thing is, I was like, you know, I'm telling everybody to tailgate. This is fourth down territory. You got to. And then even the announcers said it. The announcers said like one of them, you know, the the play by play guy asked the analyst, you know, what do you think? Is this fourth down territory here? They're on the one. The guy said, this is 100 percent fourth down territory. You your worst case scenario is you pin the team. He basically said what we both just said. It so I can't imagine that 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 the Jets coaches didn't think that. I mean, if if, if the freaking average guy on on you know at a tailgate that's me is saying it's four down territory and explaining why just it came to me immediately i didn't have to analyze it i'm like boom 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 tennessee on the one you know get all these things could happen if they have the ball on the one blah 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 all of this if it happened to me and the announcer said it the coaches had to say that too and there was only one thing you well, two things you can't do there. One is turn the ball over, obviously, and two is lose yards because you want that second shot to win the game. If you're, if you really wanted the kid to run around and not get rid of the ball, and and you're willing to take a loss, that tells me that you were playing for the field goal and you were not trying to win the game. And that is not what I want to freaking see or hear from my coaching staff. Look, I I'm gonna lean towards the side of coaching and experience. He's a young guy, uh, and I'm talking about the offensive coordinator, not the not the head coach here. And I believe he just, he envisioned that play, worst case scenario being no gain. I don't think he envisioned a loss. What I think he envisioned, Mac, is he calls the play, the kid sprints around the corner and creates sort of a jump ball scenario where he's jumping towards the pylon. Somebody on defense is going to jump to meet him. Can he cross the pylon before he gets uh, hit in the air and pushed out of bounds. That's what I think he envisioned. I don't think he's in his wildest dreams. He envisioned that this kid is going to get trapped behind the line because the other coaches also understood that, listen, the one thing the Jets absolutely can ill afford to do is uh, turn the ball over. So this limits it to... Look, the other other head coaches, they get paid for a reason too. And I believe they read exactly the thought process that was in LaFleur's mind when they're like... He's he's not going to risk letting the kid do something dumb. He's going to keep the ball in his hands. And they just went all out. They cut off the edges and the disaster struck. But I put it solely on the coach. Who is right? You or me? I, w- I would love to know. But uh, my opinion <laughs> is completely different. Too. 
I would also love to know how you can possibly think that that it's about ball security, ball security, ball security, but then they send him around the edge to try and jump over the pile like a running back, like he, like he probably wouldn't, you know, have a broken rib and miss three weeks or fumble the ball based on that. I mean, that that to me, if that's what he's doing, then he needs to be fired immediately, and he needs to be evaluated for freaking <laughs> for mental for mental for being mentally challenged. I mean, that there's no way if you're gonna have anybody jump over the pile, it's Coleman. You see, I mean. That, that one play he made, he, he, he jumped made over a the fantastic pipe. jump. Yeah, and that's what I would. So, if you're gonna do that, just go the old school I formation and just hand it off to the running back. If he right. gets stuffed the line of scrimmage, he gets stuffed the line of scrimmage. But that that bullshit was that, that's a, the worst call of the year already. I don't need to watch any more games this year. It's, I mean, it's awful. It, it you have to try and win the game there. You know, you're you're a young team. This this was it. There was no reason to have to put your defense back on the field in that spot unless you had to. Unless you unless you got stopped twice, and then the defense there they pin the areas back, go after Tannehill one more time, and maybe you get another sack, a holding penalty for a safety, and you know, win on the vort the vort proverbial safety, you know, something, <laughs> anything. But you don't do that. I mean, I like your idea for a for a. A, a drop back and a, and a quarterback sneak. I mean, Sam Donald's making a living on that thing out in Carolina. You know, yeah. they, they, they probably would have, if they could have opened the hole, great. If not, throw the ball through the freaking uprights. You know what I mean? Something, but do not lose the yards. And I mean, I really, I really don't like them rolling him out either because if, if he doesn't get out of bounds, someone could crush him and he didn't get out of bounds. They, they ended up tackling him. You know, it's just, I, that is a, an it's awful not, call. It, it's, it's a bad call in general. What's the big deal, you know? Yeah, we don't need a quarterback. It, it's it's a bad call in general, but it's even worse when you consider the situation and that this was the game. This wasn't the second quarter just trying to score a touchdown. All right, we're stupid. We'll set up for a field goal. You had a chance. You get that ball three feet, which is half the length of most of the players, less than half. If you get that ball three feet further than it was, you had two chances to do it, you win the game. You don't just take the lead. You don't just like like make it tough on Tennessee. It'll be less time. You win. You go home. You get up, you hug each other, you roll around, you run around, slap the fans' hands, you run into the tunnel, and you go celebrate. Instead, you have to sweat it out, and 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 you get the win anyway. But that's not the that's not the way it should have happened. And that that to me is if the coaching staff is going to start playing it safe like that, then we are going to be in the same predicament 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 we've been in all these years with freaking conservative coaches. And that's I, I I don't know. I'm still going that they gave Wilson the option and he and he decided to try not to do it. That's that's what I have to go with because I have to have some kind of confidence in the intelligence of the staff. I hope you're right, but I don't believe they they were. I don't believe they dared to put that much responsibility in, on a young kid's shoulders. I think they said, "Let's take all the thought process out of it. Just protect the ball. Get around that corner. It's going to be there for you." You know, just the false confidence. But uh, listen, at the end, it worked out, but that call is going to be tough to top as far as the, a dumber call to see this season. It, that was absolute abomination of a call. I, yeah, I just, I, I, okay. I'll let that go. I, I just, I can't keep beating the same point, but I'm just, I'm, I'm really scared that, you know, we have another <laughs> freaking, another moron out there. Okay. Um, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, we we've talked about we are fifty three minutes now. This might be one of our longest ones. We oh, um we good got the win. Are hard well, to let go of. Yeah, we we got we got the win. We um we have another another winnable game next week, and then we absolutely will not lose the week after that because we're on a bye. So we have a pretty decent shot if the Jets can can build on this momentum to get to get into the bye at two and three, which would be a major accomplishment. And then I think after that we go to New England. So we. You know, I mean, it's 
we'll have to see. We'll have to see what the Jets can do against Atlanta, who is not a very good team. And, um, you know, hopefully they can build on it and, and start to start to, you know, I, I mean, use the word build again and start to start to make more progress based on, on the, you know, all the good stuff that happened last week. It was it was a fun week. It was a fun week. It was an excitement that's been lacking. It was excitement that we missed badly. I'm glad it's out of the way. Now, let's keep on moving forward. Let's get better every week. And uh, let's look forward to podcast number 49, where now my prediction is not going to be so one-sided. I have to start being a little more <laughs> careful and cautious and show Jets a little bit more love. I know. Well, I have to show them love, but I'm, I'm not falling into the same trap of, of believing again. We'll see. But uh, this this means that podcast number 50 will be a game recap. So uh, a game a recap after London. So we, uh, we, we're almost at 50, man. Look at that. Going strong and loving every minute of it. <laughs> All right, man. Enjoy your week. We will uh, catch up sometime later.